This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. On this day eight years ago, a certain former Red made his debut before leaving just three years later in rather acrimonious circumstances. I'm Guy Clark and this is the first of a new series of podcasts here on Blood Red as we debate and discuss opinion-splitting topics. And to get us started is a certain Raheem Sterling. His debut came in a five-minute cameo at Anfield in a 2 undefeat defeat against Wigan on the 24th of March 2012. And here to set the record straight on how and why he left the Reds and whether or not water has quite passed under the bridge, uh, Theo Squires and Matt Addison. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm Very good. good. Yeah. Very good, thank you, Guy. Yeah, ready for uh, what should be an interesting debate. Yeah, thanks for uh, for joining us. First things first, before we get into the nitty-gritty of things, do either of you know who Raheem Sterling came on for in that game? As I say, it was a 2-1 defeat at home to Wigan Athletic, but just wondered if either of you could could take a punt at who he may have come on and replaced. I'll ask you first, Theo, and then I'll come to you, Matt. It's going to be someone mad, isn't it? It's going to be like a fullback or something. Uh, I'm going to go Glenn Johnson. Glenn Johnson and Matt? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit more obvious. I'm going to go for Steven Gerrard, maybe. Wasn't Steven Gerrard. Listeners, can you guess? That's right, they've put you two to shame. Dirk Kout was the answer. He was the man that Sterling came on for. But anyway, the objective of of what we're looking to do today here on on Blood Red is effectively batting either side of what Raheem Sterling, the feeling towards him is from Liverpool fans when he left and also what it is now. So, Matt, I think you're going to be in the corner of wanting to, I wouldn't say stick up for Raheem Sterling, but certainly with him having now moved on for, well coming up towards five years since he moved on from Liverpool, that water's perhaps passed under the bridge yet. Theo, you're not ready to quite let go of any animosity. Nah, not at all. Far too early for that. <laughs> no, it's not like Theo Squires to want to hold a grudge. But Matt, just on you first, we saw obviously, I think it was the November international break, the clash after the game at Anfield between Liverpool and Manchester City. Allegedly in the canteen, Raheem Sterling and Joe Gomez coming together with one another. And that was when one of these sort of talking points began to become a bit of a flashpoint. And a few Liverpool fans at the time sort of openly kind of came out saying, well, you know what, actually, he's left, he plays for a rival side. But any animosity over how he left Liverpool really now has dissipated. Yeah, I think so. I think it helps that Liverpool are playing so fantastically well and, and they've got so many good players of their own. I think it makes sense now for Liverpool fans to celebrate Mo Salah and Sadio Mane and players like that rather than look to other teams and other rivals and sort of criticise those players. So maybe it would be a little bit different if, if Liverpool were still in the same position as what they were when Raheem Sterling left. But certainly now, obviously, they're, they're just for me, is, is bigger things to, to talk about and think about and, and much more positive things as well. I think it's, it's worth saying that, you know, Raheem Sterling's a fantastic player, but Liverpool have got so many of those amongst their own ranks. Then, you know, why... Why waste time thinking about other teams when, when Liverpool fans should be celebrating and, and living in the moment? And obviously, uh, a little bit of a pause at, the, at, the, at this particular moment in time. But, you know, as soon as football returns again, I think Liverpool fans are just going to be celebrating their own successes, which for me is, is the right way to go about it. Theo, at any stage, if you want to jump into anything Matt says, you can. You don't need my invitation, you can go straight in. But in terms of Raheem Sterling and the, the, the bad feeling towards him, he's a guy who played 129 times for Liverpool in all competitions, 95 times in the league. 
he did actually rack up a fair few appearances and it was obviously part of that side that came mighty close to winning the league title in 2014. Is that where the anger comes from, that this was one of Liverpool's young, not be it really homegrown because he'd been signed from Queen's Park Rangers in 2010, but a player who had come through the last years at the academy was breaking onto the scene and then when he seemed to be unlocking his potential, just up sticks and allegedly seemed to, to go for the money to Man City. I think it's the whole disrespect of it. Like, you're playing for Liverpool Football Club. Granted, Raheem Sterling, they always knew he was going to be a good play. They always knew he was going to be one of these big talents that burst into the scene. And that's why Liverpool fought off so many clubs to sign him in the first place when he was a young teenager. But he got that opportunity with Liverpool. Brendan Rodgers put his arm around his shoulder, gave him time, put him onto this scene. And how did he reward him? He basically downed tools at the end of the season, threw his toys out the pram when he'd been given this chance to be the striker, to be the star. And it's whether you say it was on money or not. It was on the wage. That's what it publicly came out to him. And he's always insisted it wasn't the money. He wanted to go and win trophies and all that. And it is easy to forget Liverpool weren't in the best position then. But six months later, Jurgen Klopp comes in. Liverpool reached two finals that season. Then they qualify for the Champions League. Then they reach a Champions League final. Then they win a Champions League final. And now they're about to win the Premier League. And it's all very well. I think like when Klopp took over, A.D. Ward came straight out and said, oh, if Klopp had been manager during the summer, then Sterling would have stayed. It's, like, well, it's just this disrespect from it. Like You're playing for Liverpool. They're a much bigger name than Manchester City. They will always be a much bigger name than Manchester City. And he treated the club who had given him his big opportunity like dirt. Just could only do that big interview with BBC Sport like against um, without the club knowing and all that. He was a kid. Who is he to go and do that? There's a reason why the likes of Jamie Carragher and Stephen Gerrard have had a go at him for that at the time in the press. It's just baffling still, five years on, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, I think obviously uh, Theo makes an excellent point that 20-year-old Raheem Sterling was completely misadvised and completely went about it the wrong way. And for me, the the blame lies with his agent. I think think we're, we're both on the same page in that he went about it completely the wrong way. He was did it completely wrong and if Raheem Sterling wanted to leave then for me that, that was fair enough I think you only have to look at the trophies that he's gone on to win with Manchester City he, he wouldn't have done that with Liverpool up until this point in time now when Liverpool are, are at the same level as Manchester City certainly when he left he was going to a, a much better club as, as hard as it is to admit that obviously not as big a club or as historic or, or the same fan base or, or anything like that but purely in terms of the trophies and the medals that he's picked up he's, his career has certainly been bettered so far um, whether that would would be the case two or three years down the line maybe Liverpool will have caught up but uh, but who knows but yeah I mean for me I, th- I think it's harsh to, to sort of say well Raheem Sterling went about it the wrong way you know he was he was a 20 year old kid I think it was more for me his agent and and that sort of side of it that, that comes into it and I think we have to sort of separate what he was thinking to, to what his agent was thinking at that time because Possibly those were, were two different things. I don't know. You look at the um, interview Trent Alexander-Arnold's done, I think, today with GTQ magazine. He's come out and said, why would I think about leaving foot- Liverpool Football Club? And granted, they're in a better place now, but he's come through the ranks as well. And he's in the same situation. And his head has always been screwed on, right, hasn't it? Whatever Trent says, you know that he's thought about it. He's never going to say anything controversial. You compare that to Sterling, who two, three weeks ago, he did that interview with Marca, I think it was, or Sport, one of the Spanish outlets and he's basically flirting with a move to Real Madrid so it's not quite as nasty as he did to force that move from Liverpool 
that he's doing it again. He's not learned his lesson. It's not about Manchester City, Liverpool, the badge on his shirt. It's about the name on the back of his shirt. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It's an interesting point you raised there, Theo, with Raheem Sterling, the way in which I just have to to jump in every now and then between you two. But just in terms of on Raheem Sterling, how they say what goes around comes around. And in terms of Manchester City, he got the move he wanted, he pushed for. He's won the Premier League. He's won trophies with Manchester City. The Champions League has so far evaded him, albeit we don't know what's going to happen when football returns. But he's been draped with that Real Madrid shirt over his shoulder. Is this him now agitating with Manchester City? Of course, as they say what goes around comes around. Manchester City has spent all their money, allegedly overspent their money. They're going to get banned from European competition. Is he now trying to take that next step to try and push another move? Because actually, the first one hasn't quite worked out, Matt. I don't think it's that the first one hasn't quite worked out. I think it's just, you know, for, for me, right from a young age, I always thought that Raheem Sterling would end up at Real Madrid and, and probably he thought the same thing. Um, I think... At the time, it was a step up from Liverpool to Manchester City, just as I think it would be a step up from Manchester City to Real Madrid. So I think when, when Liverpool fans consider it and the sort of move and the way that they reflect on it now, I think you've got to take it as, you know, it, it wasn't a personal thing. It wasn't a, you know, he didn't grow to hate Liverpool. It was just a case of him being ruthless almost in that he decided he wanted to go and, and win more trophies elsewhere. That's proven to be the case. And, the next thing would be to, to go to one of those two Spanish giants and probably Real Madrid more likely than, than Barcelona just in terms of, of playing style and that sort of thing. But you can't forget as well that Liverpool poached him off QPR when he was 15. So they did exactly the same thing to QPR. I'm sure QPR fans wouldn't have been best pleased with that. So, you know, the, these things, you know, they, it sort of swings and roundabouts in some respects. With Sterling, I suppose I'm almost agreeing with you here. These elite athletes... It's like their career's already mapped out before them, before they've even started. I, I compare him to Neymar, and you can tell that from a young age, he sat down with his agent, and it's not where do you want to be in two, three years' time. It's where do you want to be in 15 years' time. And you feel with both of them, it's, say, get that move to the big English team, win the Premier League or the Champions League, and then end up at Barcelona Real Madrid and be a proper global elite star and challenge for the Ballon d'Or. We've seen that with Neymar going to PSG to try and be the big star there, that's not quite worked for him and now angling for that move back to Barcelona. Whereas with Sterling now, it's can't really achieve anything left with Manchester City and it is now trying to take it to that next level. And you can put it down to the agent all you like and say it's misguidance, but it's just the ruthless, brutal side of it. Because I remember when Sterling first came through, remember the Being Liverpool documentary, when he had his little spat with Rogers early on, uh, he wanted to mouth off about that from what I remember at the time. But his agent told him to keep his mouth shut and they've gone and watched videos of what he was doing wrong at the time or why he could be more ruthless on the pitch. Um, that was the same in 13-14. remember the agent saying that he wasn't having the best first half of the season. Victor Moses was in front of him in the pecking order and then he managed to turn it around. So it's one of those where he's had good advice from the agent there. But he's the one who's then decided to go on himself because he's got this whole thing mapped out. But you've still got to remember where you've come from. You've got to have that loyalty to the club. Like, he's very well saying you want to play for Real Madrid or you want to play for Manchester City. But now you look at it, Liverpool are in a better position than both clubs. Granted, they weren't a few years ago. But who do you want to be remembered playing for? 
you're going to be playing for the, with, alongside these amazing players at whichever one of these clubs you're at. Like Liverpool, Luis Suarez, they had Steven Gerrard. It's not as though they were some mid-table fodder at the time. They're definitely not mid-table fodder now. And I've always thought with Sterling, he was great when his teammates were great. He was great when his team were playing well. But look at this season in particular. The bigger that gap's got between Liverpool and Manchester City, the less he's done. Matt, can you tell me how many goals or assists has he got in 2020? Uh, I would imagine the answer's zero. I'm not too sure, though. One assist. One. There you go. But yeah, the bigger gap that's got, he's done nothing. And yeah. we've seen it before. Like with England, before England were good and they had all this feel-good factor under Gareth Southgate, he didn't score for like three years. We saw him go missing time and time again for Liverpool. He wasn't at his best at the start with Manchester City. It was only when Guardiola put him in the team and they were actually properly challenging for the title that he turns it on. It's whether it's an attitude problem or whether it's just he picks and chooses his moments based on, I don't know, it's just something not right there with him. Yes, certainly it's, it's <laughs> not gone perfectly well for the last couple of months for him, but I still think he's, he's an exceptional player. And I think his, uh, his goal record over the last couple of seasons sort of speaks for itself. And if I can, I'd just like to go back to, to the loyalty point that you made. I mean, I think he's now played for Manchester City longer than what he played for Liverpool in terms of first team. Uh, I think, what was it? He would have been, what, 15 to, to 20 at Liverpool and and then 20 to, to 25 at, at Manchester City, something like that. So, you know, I think loyalty to an extent comes into it when you when you factor in Real Madrid and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, partly we go back to that plan that he'll have had, loyalty to, to the fans and to the badge isn't going to come into it. And also, you know, he's been more loyal to Manchester City than to Liverpool. So, I mean, if, if you apply that logic, then, you know, maybe he's sort of earned that move. He, he's won trophies with Manchester City and, and maybe he's sort of got to that level now, particularly where it, if they're going to be out of European competition for a couple of seasons. And, and obviously we know that's that's not confirmed yet. I think... It might be slightly selfish and it might be slightly disloyal, but I can certainly understand where he's coming from with that. But you bite in it. Why would you want us to go again? No, no, no. I was just gonna. I was. I was gonna come in at this point anyway and say, put one to Matt just before that. He seemed to to to, to bat off quite well, and so I'll put one to you as well, Theo. And in terms of Liverpool and any animosity towards Raheem Sterling, given the side that Jurgen Klopp has now built, obviously since Sterling left, and you think of that front three with. Uh, Mohamed Salah with Roberto Firmino and probably the player in the side where Sterling maybe would have then fitted would be on the wide left in Sadio Mane's position. Any bad feeling there is towards Raheem Sterling? Is it not inconsequential in terms of a Liverpool now not actually better off without him? Not at all. We look at what Liverpool have been linked with for the past six months or whatever is to get Timo Werner in. So they still want more attacking options. And Liverpool have always had to have the front three playing every week. And we've seen times where they've looked tired, they've not been as effective. And they've needed that option to come in and change things up. And Dibok Origi, granted, he's had his moments. He's scored in a Champions League semi-final, Champions League final. He's won the derby and all these big moments. But if Liverpool had the option so they could rotate things a bit more, Raheem Sterling easily gets into that team. And we've seen with Sterling, he can play up front, he can play on either wing. That is the sort of player Liverpool will be looking for. It's why Liverpool fans want them to see them sign, say, a Jadon Sancho. Granted, it's Timo Werner they're looking at, but there is room for him there. And he would have had a great career at Liverpool if he'd just shown a bit more patience and a bit more loyalty to the club that gave him his big chance. But on that point, you mentioned Jadon Sancho there. He's a player that Liverpool fans are very excited that the club get linked with. If he arrives, would you not say, well, will that... 
not obviously directly, but if Raheem Sterling was still a Liverpool player, a move like that would never even be on the cards, would it? No, definitely not. But then Liverpool wouldn't be looking for a player like that if they already had one in their ranks. Like Raheem Sterling, he, he is a good player. You can't dispute in that. And there is a reason why he's been linked with Real Madrid and you expect him to go and make that sort of move and why he is turning the figures that he is. But he could have done it at Liverpool. There's no escaping that. And he knows he could have done it at Liverpool. That's why within months of him leaving, his agent was saying, ah, if Klopp had been the manager, probably would have stayed. He probably would have signed that new contract. So in terms of where we are now then with Raheem Sterling, when he comes back to Anfield, he often is subject to the boo boys and there is that ill feeling towards him. Matt, do you feel as though now then it's time to knock that on the head and actually accept him for the great footballer he is, albeit he's had to sort of muddy the, the name of Liverpool to obviously have got to where he is? No, absolutely not, actually. I mean, that might come as a slightly su- surprising answer, but I think... Purely because if you uh, you look over the years at Anfield with the, the performances that Raheem Sterling has put in, then why would you, you stop booing him and stop putting him off? I mean, look, as much as I think it's it's time to, to accept that Raheem Sterling moved on and he's had you know a fantastic career and I'm sure he'll go on to do more, if you can put him off and, and stop him performing to the level that we know he can get to, then why on earth would you stop doing that? And Theo, do you feel likewise that actually the booing is to put him off, or more actually, it is because of the lack of respect he showed Liverpool in the first place? I think it's a bit of both. It started off, or it's the lack of respect. Like I think we all remember, I think, was it his first return to Anfield, where within the first few minutes he got crunched by John Flanagan. We all loved that. Same as when Fernando Torres left, we loved it when um, Daniel Aga gave him the elbow to the chin at Stamford Bridge. There's always that um, feeling you've got where, yeah, we, I wanted to give him that. The players on the team have gone and given that for us. And the fans do like that sort of action where a player goes in hard on Raheem Sterling and it's just part and parcel of football. Um, the fact that he hasn't, he's only scored, what, one goal against them since he left and that was in the Community Shield. And he was almost sheepish when he scored that because he knows how bad his record is against Liverpool. It's definitely affected him. And it's not just not getting goals or assists when he plays against Liverpool. There's been times when Pep Guardiola hasn't started him because he knows that there's something there that he just can't get over. And even then, that that's why Liverpool fans boo him. Like You look at um, other players that have left, say Michael Owen. Booing affected him. He's admitted that affected him. Fernando Torres, he admitted that affected him. Uh, we saw Coutinho, didn't have the best return last year. So definitely keep doing it, keep doing it. Does the job. And when Liverpool and Manchester City are the two teams going for the trophies, going for the titles at the moment, whether City or Europe or not, you get every taking every advantage you can get. If one of Manchester City's best players, if he stays, is put off and can't perform at his best against Liverpool because he's still holding on to this feeling from the fans, then it's just great news for Liverpool because they know they're effectively playing against ten men. I have to say as well, whilst we don't condone violence on the Blood Red podcast, Theo Squires does like a heavy challenge down at six aside as well. So when he says that he would have wanted to give the players one, he certainly does mean it. Lads, before we go, just to, to round things off, I've got an easy question for the two of you to just give me one word or give me a few words if you want on it. And it's the simple answer of Raheem Sterling's on the market. Do you take him back at Anfield? Matt, I'll come to you first. 
Uh, for me, yeah, I think he's a, a fantastic footballer and it, it's the same sort of thing with Felipe Coutinho. I think if he was available and, and at the right price, then 100% I'd take him back. Having said that, I can't see it happening. I think, obviously, we've spoken about the, the hostile reception that he gets. I don't think he'd fancy coming back to Liverpool anytime soon. and I don't think it's going to happen, but if it was uh, entirely up to me and the circumstances were right, yeah, of course, you want as many good footballers as possible and, and he certainly is one of those. Nah, sod him. Made his bed. Let him lie in it. If we want to be a bit more serious about it, say Sadio Mane left, Sadio Mane wants to go to Real Madrid, there are probably three or four players you'd look who could replace him, and that's Kylian Mbappe, Jadon Sancho. Sterling probably is in that conversation, but you probably prefer to see an Mbappe or a Sancho than you would Sterling. They're younger players, they're better players. Nah, don't want Sterling back, let him... Go and do what he does. Liverpool can win the league and see watches on enviously. Well, brilliant stuff, guys. Really enjoyed that. Good to uh, have a bit of verbal jousting between the two of you. And yeah, it's a good job we've done this remotely because I would have had to have got between the two of you in the studio otherwise because the, the gloves did come off at times during that. If uh, you guys listening in have any other debates, Matt mentioned there, Felipe Coutinho, does he return or not? That could probably be a subject for one of these going forward. A good lively debate here from Blood Red. And uh, thanks a lot for joining in. Lads, thanks a lot for your time. Cheers, Guy. Cheers, Guy. Well, that's all here for this edition of Blood Red. Until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.